Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome inside Garage Door Sports. Your no-holds-barred weekly discussion on everything in the sporting world. That's right, folks. It is time for another episode of Garage Door Sports. Nick McVicker joined by my great co-host Kyle Vardy and Irfan Manji through the Garage Door Sports Cup phone, but <laughs> Irfan's not on video today, so it's just me and Kyle on the video, guys. You're stuck looking at our ugly mug. So, Kyle, how are you doing today, buddy? I'm doing good. Doing good. Uh, my team actually showed up this morning and played pretty well. So, I mean, 7 nothing winning against Norwich, I'll, I'll take it. So. 7 nil <laughs> I mean, it's Norwich, but, I mean, without our top two strikers, I mean, I'll, I'll take a 7 nothing wing. And joining us as well through the Garage Door Sports Cup phone, but, you know, kind of not here at the same time, is Irfan Manji. Irfan, how are you doing, buddy? Doing great. Um, doing my best to call in wherever I am, but, uh, yeah, happy to be here. Hey, we're happy to have you, dude. We're glad to have you because we kind of need the extra voice every once in a while to keep yeah. me and Kyle under control. Of course. <laughs> I mean, you guys did a I'll whole do what show I can. me, so it's... It doesn't really work with just that was two fun. This show is so good with all three of us going at the same time. So it's kind of nice to get everybody sure. back into doing stuff. Um, we got a lot to talk about, boys, because since the last time we talked, the NHL season has kicked off. The mm-hmm. NBA season has kicked off. We're in the middle of playoffs in the baseball. And, oh, yeah, this little thing called the NFL keeps happening every week. So let's get right into it. Let's start with the NHL in our kickoff segment, sponsored by Canada Kicking Academy. Calling all kickers and punters in the Southern Ontario region. If you are looking for year-round professional development with elite competition, you need to train with the Canada Kicking Academy. The Farrar brothers, Daniel and Gabe, are both University of Guelph alumni, and after illustrious university careers, they want to take your special teams game to the next level. If you want more training and more information, head on over to CanadaKickingAcademy.com or visit their Instagram at CanadaKickingAcademy for more information. Kyle, I know you struggled with that one last time. I'm glad I could help out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I didn't I didn't have uh, any script or anything, so I kind of just went off of what I remember you talking about. So, I've what? never had a script. <laughs> okay, you got to write that down for us, eh? <laughs> I'm just not going to miss shows anymore, clearly. I can't miss shows because you just screw up the, the reads. We just said follow Kinnick Kicking Academy. That's all we need to yeah. say. Just, just go, go to their website. Yeah. Uh, well, let's get into the NHL, boys. And I know it's way too early, so that's why we're prefacing this by saying it's way too early. Let's get mm-hmm. into the NHL awards. It's a week and a half into the season. We've seen some great soccer or great hockey. I'm thinking soccer played this morning. We've seen some great hockey. We've also seen some really, really bad hockey at the same time. But way too early award. Irfan, we'll start with you. Who is winning the Art Ross? Mm-hmm. Hey, remind me again, Art Ross is the most points, or it's the, the most points, right? Uh, most valuable, most valuable. Most valuable? Okay, so early season for me, I'm going to go off the board. I'm going to say Andre Kopitar. Um, nine points this season. He's playing about 21 minutes per game, um, averaging about four minutes of power play time. Um, it's nice to see him back firing on all cylinders i know it's early but um if he's playing well i think the la kings are going to do well yeah i like it i like it i like it too 
Kyle? Um, I personally am going to say Nathan McKinnon, I'm going to say. Um, I would love to say McDavid because that's probably the easy answer, to be honest. Um, but I have a feeling this year that other players are going to take away a little bit of what McDavid does. I mean, Hyman so far this year has five goals. Um, you know, dry settles chipping in here and there. So, I mean, there's people that are taking away from his point total and, and so on and so forth. So, to me, I'm going to go with McKinnon because I think he is the most valuable player to that team. And I think right now it's really not a question of him being the number one. That's fair. I mean, I'm glad you're going with a Colorado player. Don't get me wrong. Um, <laughs> I just find it very, very tough to argue with McDavid. Guy's got 13 yeah. points in five games. Yeah. Right? Like, that's that's incredible numbers. And he's not even going slow. He's not getting them no. all on the power play. He has about half of them on the power play. And that Edmonton power play, by the way, is just stupid. But he's shooting at a 28.6% clip right now. So yeah. he knows when to pick in sh- his shots. And he's worked on his shot all summer. So this is a mm-hmm. guy who came in pissed off about how they finished the season last year. They got better, in my opinion, because the addition of Hyman is obviously a good one. But yeah. it's going to be interesting to see if they can uh, they can keep it going because Drysaddle's going, Nuge is going right now, Hyman's going, as we talked about. So the more that they can keep those guys on the front foot, I think the better. So I think Connor McDavid is the catalyst for that team. So I'm going Connor McDavid for this one. I like it. I like it. Yeah, I think it'd be interesting to see how the Oilers play if McDavid isn't healthy this season. Right. I mean, his track record proves that he 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 don't picks up random injuries every so often. So, I think to see if, uh, his value, we know it's valuable, but um, if Hyman and Nuge and Drysaddle can carry the load this year, that that would also be a good, um, yeah. I think, testing mark for them. For sure. No, I agree one hundred percent. They just kind of need everybody to get going, and if they can get everyone going and they get any sort of semblance of goaltending, that'll be that'll be good too. Mike Smith has looked okay through the first week and a half. I wouldn't say he's looked fantastic, but he's looked good. Um, Koskinen is hurt now, right? I think he picked up a knock, and that's why Smith ended up going into one of the games. But we'll see. I think Koskinen played last night, though. Did he? Okay, so that's good. I, I was I was working last night. I didn't really get a chance to watch any of the hockey, so. Um, yeah, from from my knowledge, I believe he did play last night. So. so that's good. I mean, if they can keep those guys healthy and those guys playing well, that's going to change a lot for this Edmonton team because they're going to need to have goaltending behind this the, the defense core. Um, mm-hmm. Speaking of defense, let's move on to the Norris. Who is the NHL's best defenseman come year's end? And Kyle, let's start with you on this one. Um. I'm going to go the easy answer, in my opinion, and I'm going to go Victor Hedman. Um, it's quite honestly hard to bet against Victor Hedman. It, it really is. I think he does have a lot more There's competition. A couple players that you could bet with him, but it's still Victor. Oh, for, for sure, Victor Hedman. I think is is the he's he's kind of like the Connor McDavid when it comes to MVP. Yeah. He's always going to be in the running. There's a pretty good chance he's going to win it, but you know, a, one or two guys might overtake him based on what they bring. Right. Exactly. You know, I could see McCarr potentially doing that, but um, I'm not sure how he's going to have a full, like a full season, how he actually truly plays. 
Um, I think he's a great defenseman. Don't get me wrong, but I like I like Hedman just more. I don't really know why. I just like him more. Um, and then other than that, I like what Drew Doughty has been doing so far. So like to me, he's kind of a, an underdog. And when I mean underdog, like severe underdog when it comes to actually betting odds. Yeah. Um, but honestly this, this could be uh, many different things I, I could also see dougie hamilton but i'm gonna go with victor hedman so. fair enough i'm going off the board a little bit um because like i think the big three coming into this season are hedman mccarr and Aaron, adam fox from new york i think mm-hmm. they're the they were the guys that a lot of people were betting on to win the norris so yep. fun. i'm gonna cut i'm gonna jump in quickly but my dark horse mm-hmm. keep an eye on kevin shattenkirk in anaheim if he can keep playing like he mm-hmm. has so far he looks really really good in that mm-hmm. anaheim system He's got six points already. He is uh, plus two on a team that we thought was going to get blown out of the water. And, oh, yeah, he has four assists on the power play. Yeah, That's a that's a big, big thing. And he's playing just under 20 minutes a game. So I think if he can keep playing like this, that's going to be huge. Um, Irfan, who do you have winning the Norris? I'm also going to go off the board and say Quinn Hughes of the Vancouver Canucks, um, one of the fastest players to reach 100 points. You see how valuable he is to the Canucks, and that's why, you know, this is the last-minute deal. Let's get him in. I think he's going to have a hell of a season. He's so good with the puck. He's improving his 200-foot game. Um, and and it's, I'm, I mean, I'm going off the board, as usual, but um, if you're looking for someone outside of the three favorites, I think Quinn Hughes has a huge, huge chance. I love it. I mean, I know, Kyle, you went with Hedman, but to talk about all yeah. these guys that are having great years so far, that's what we want to talk about. So let's, keep, sure. let's keep it rolling. We got Vesna next, who is the top goaltender at season's end. I mean, there's so many to talk about. Right now, it, for me, it has to be Shesterkin. He's looked the best through his yep. first four games. I know he's only picked up three wins and an overtime loss, but, man, he's looked way, way too good to give it to anybody else, in my opinion. Now, there's obviously other goalies who are having good starts to the season. There's a bunch that are undefeated. But for me, Shesterkin has just looked so good, and that, that game against the Leafs kind of just epitomized everything that, that he's done so far this year. Right, Irfan? Um, I think that's a very good pick. I think the Rangers are... You, you know, with the Rangers, we didn't really know what we're getting after last season when we thought they'd be a playoff team. But this year with Jared Gallant, I think... Um, he was bringing something else in, and I think the team is responding really well. However, Nick, I'm going to go, again, off the board with um, the Columbus Blue Jackets netminder and Elvis Merzalinkis. Um I don't know what it is, but he's come back with full force. Uh, looked very good, and I think it has to do with his former teammate passing away, but um, he just found another gear, and he's, and he's bringing some life into that Columbus Blue Jackets roster that we probably don't expect them to go anywhere this year so uh, that's again another one off the board but that's what i'm going with nice i like that one too that he's he's looked really good this year mm-hmm. uh kyle who you have winning um i personally have darcy kemper and you know it's kind of a a cop out i just think colorado colorado adding a goaltender like darcy kemper i think truly can take him to the next level i think uh, you know, no knock on Grubauer. Grubauer is great for him, but I think Darcy Kemper is a different beast when it comes to a goaltender. Um, I think he's kind of like the prototypical goalie that 
they're looking for. But in saying that, I think end of the year, I think that's him. Right now, my dark horse is Cam Talbot. I think Cam Talbot in Minnesota can do wonders. You know, yes, he has the rookie behind him. who's going to take a few starts away from him. But in saying that, I think Cam Talbot, ever since he left the New York Rangers, has been a different goaltender. Absolutely. Um, and I, I think he's been a different goaltender in a much better way. So I personally think that if, if I was going to bet on an underdog, I do like the Shesterkin pick based on how he started. Can he maintain it? We'll see. I was just looking um, at the so top yeah. goalies right now and who which team is most likely to be the best by the end of the season oh, so they no. give their team a chance. 100, 100%. I think it's the Rangers. So. Well, and my only worry with Shesterkin is, is Gorgiev going to take over halfway through, right? It's like... Like that, that's the biggest worry with, with them. Like not, and that's why, you know, Talbot's my underdog, but at the same point, he could like fall off could, because uh, Kakanen could eventually take over because he's, he's, he's the rookie behind him, right? So it's like, there's certain goaltenders, especially when it comes to Vesna, that you're like, okay, I like this guy because he's the true number one. That's the biggest thing. Like a Vasilevsky or Hellebuck or yeah. someone like that, right? Like, and, and, that, and that's the issue with today's game is there's so many tandems that take away from, you know, a goalie truly becoming a, a Vesna candidate, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I'm, I'm not saying Jack Campbell's going to so, be a Vesna um, candidate, but in saying that, you know, with Mrazek there, obviously Mrazek injured, you know, Campbell's not going to get as many starts, not going to give it the opportunity, right? So, what about a guy I like so Talbot as much. Yeah, I mean, the issue with Washington is they wanted Vanacek back so badly. They wanted Vanacek bad so badly, but they have Samson off there as well. Yeah. Right. If Vanacek falters at all, they're going to Samson off. Uh, I was going to ask you guys, um, for to win the West, Vesna, how many games do we expect to start it to play? Because the games, the, the years are gone where, you know, you get a Berger type who's going to play 70 out of the 82 games. Um, so because of these 1As, 1Bs, how many games do we consider for someone to be an elite Vesna candidate? 60? Yeah, I, I would say. Yeah. I would probably say 60. If anyone's right pushing 65, then they're a clear number one. Right. Yep. Right? I think mean, that's kind of a given at that point. All right, let's move on, boys. Two more trophies. Next up, Jack Adams. Who is the coach of the year? Irfan, you want to start? Sure. Um, Gerard Gallant. If the New York Rangers, out of the the teams with the good goaltending, um, Culture to a playoff position, I think he deserves it. I mean, we've seen what he can do with Florida, what he did with Vegas. Um, it's a matter of time before, you know, the Rangers become a very good team, especially with the core that they've developed um, and with a good coach in, in Gallant. So I can see him being the coach of the year. I like that one, especially because the Rangers are playing well to start the season, as you said. Uh, Kyle? Mm-hmm. I, I apparently I have a theme going on right now. Um I'm going to go with Jared Bednar. Um, majority of the time, the best team in the league ends up winning the best coach as well. Unless which there's some sort of... Absolutely. Which is ridiculous. Yeah, 100%. But unless there's some sort of team that truly comes out, makes the playoffs, and does well, yeah. 
that that's a that's a young rookie team, right? Like like the Canucks type of thing, right? If they were to somehow win the division, you know that 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 kind of thing, right. okay. then we're looking at all right, they're going to win the Jack Adams, right? Like that's pretty much a guarantee, just how the Jack Adams Jack Adams works. Yeah, I, I think the Jack Adams, much like the MVP, isn't necessarily always the right player. Absolutely. Right. And, and, and it's one of the right player, right coach, whatever you want to say. Yeah. Um, I'm personally going to say uh, Bednar purely because I think Colorado is going to be one of the best teams in the NHL. Yeah. We'll also his odds. After. We'll get into that after. Yeah. His <laughs> odds are also very low right now. At, he's 13 odds to win it, which is like sixth or seventh best coach. Wow. Um, sorry. He's actually tied right now with Rod Brindamore and Sheldon Keefe to win it. So, um, no, to me, that's very low odds, in my opinion. But like to me, I would be taking those odds just in case that you know Colorado does turn it on and becomes you know the number one in the league. Obviously, you can't discount John Cooper, but in saying that, I'm going to go with the value pick here. Fair enough. I'm going uh, with a little bit of a surprise, and this is just based off of how they've played to start the season and how they've looked to start the season. Got to give Bob Booner uh, a shout from San Jose. That, mm-hmm. He's got that team rolling right now. And I was talking to one of my friends yesterday, and actually I brought it up with my father too, just talking about the Sharks beating the Leafs last night. They are rolling. They do not want to stop playing because mm-hmm. that momentum is on their side right now. They're getting the goaltending. They're getting scoring. Like, mm-hmm. if, if if at the end of the year these guys are in a playoff spot, this ragtag team of players, Booner has to be in the conversation for Jack Adams mm-hmm. because this is not a good roster. They have good no. pieces from five years ago, but as a team, this is not a good roster. And if they make the playoffs, you got to give him a ton of credit. I mean, you, you like, there's definitely <laughs> the fact that they are four and zero to start the year, and their goaltenders are Aiden Hill and James <laughs> Reimer. Yeah, and they like, have a plus nine goal differential. <laughs> yeah. They're outscoring so. every game by more than two. Like that's ridiculous. This is not a good enough team to be doing that. So I give I give Boomer a lot of credit. Yeah, I mean all, all all the credit to him for sure. Yeah. All right, one more Calder. Kyle, hit us with your Calder winner. See, the Calder is very interesting. I'll say that. I mean, I personally at the beginning of the season probably would have said. My underdog would have been Spencer Knight. But in saying that, it doesn't look like he's the true number one in Florida right now. Uh, it looks like they truly want to use Bobrovsky. And obviously with a $10 million contract, I really don't blame him for that. Um, but in saying that, I think my personal rookie of the year, and this is kind of going off the board, is Lucas Raymond. I think right now he's playing top line minutes with Detroit. I think he's he's truly going to bring something to that team, uh, skill wise, and he's going to develop very quickly for them and and, and be the type of player they drafted him to be. Um, so I'm going to go with Lucas Raymond right now. He's 13 odds to win it, and, and to me that that's great value when it comes to actually a truly rookie of the year race. That's really right now is wide open. Right. <laughs> 
I'm, I got two. So Irfan, why don't you go first, just in case I take one? You you take one of the two that I have. Um, no, no, it's okay. You go ahead. I'm. You sure? I'm okay with that. Yeah, go for it. Let's go. All right. Well, I'm gonna continue Kyle's Colorado trend. Bowen Byram has to be in the conversation. He's looked really, really good through three games, or sorry, four games, uh, three points. I know he hasn't had any power play time, but this guy's playing 18 minutes as a rookie. Like, he's looking really, really good so far. And the other mm-hmm. one, how about a little hometown boy, boys? Michael Bunting has looked really, really good for the Leafs. And if he can keep playing the way he is, especially because he's probably going to start getting some top line minutes here and there, or top two mm-hmm. line minutes, because we don't really have a top line, in my opinion. We have two number one lines. Um, Expect a lot of opportunities for him to put up. He'll, he'll, he'll be top. He'll, he'll be top line probably at the end of the week. Yeah, but I mean, when everyone's healthy and everything, like where he slots in properly, I'm not sure if it's Fair. on the Matthews line or if it's on the Tavares line, right? But he'll be on one of those two lines all season, pretty much. That's mm-hmm. a good opportunity for him to put up a lot of points and put up a lot of big minutes. So keep him in the conversation for rookie of the year. I know he played a little bit last year, but he never really, uh, he never really finished his rookie season. So he's still up for Calder technically. Hmm. All right, Irfan, finish us off here with rookie. Well, I mean, you guys named some very good young players. Um, I'm going to agree with Kyle though. I think Lucas Raymond for Detroit has a higher ceiling, I think, and more opportunity to, to play well as a, as a winger for a team that, again, might not be the best team in the East. So if he can have a good season, let's say scrap to get 30 to 50 points, I think you can probably see his name uh, winning it at the end of the year. So I'll slide in there right now. My <laughs> ultimate dark horse, and, and I'll say right ultimate now. Ultimate dark horse? Ultimate dark horse. Like this is like a guy who before Everything the season. needs to go wrong. <laughs> Was not on anybody's radar prior to the season, is what I'll say. Anton Lundell for the Florida Panthers. Currently has four points. He's centering the third line for them with Sam Reinhart and Patrick Hornquist. And honestly, has looked fantastic. And it's one of those, if I wasn't going to take, if I wasn't going to take Lucas Raymond, I would have taken him. He's also, I believe, chipping in somewhat on the second p- second power play. So yeah, he's got one right now he point, so one assist. Yeah, right now he's leads he leads the rookie scoring with four points. Um, I mean, both both of our rookies, Byram and R- Raymond, are right behind him with three. But in <laughs> saying Dalene that, Dalene and Connor too. Don't forget those two guys. Oh, for sure, Dalene and O'Connor. For sure. So I mean, like, there's and. Honestly, the other dark horse, it's weird, he has better odds than everybody else, and I've said, is uh, Mort Sider from Detroit as well. Oh, Sider. I was waiting for someone to say (laughs) Yeah. So it's one of those, like, this rookie race, I think personally, is the most open rookie race we've had in a very long time, I would say. Yeah. Um, Because it, it, it could be a combination of 10 different players. And and I don't know if that's just teams finally giving rookies a chance to play, or if that's just truly the quality of rookies we have um, playing right now. I'm, I'm not really sure what the combination of it of the two are, but I mean, I, I this is fantastic because most of the time you have one or two people that are the favorite to win. 
Yeah. And usually, mm-hmm. usually it's a two horse race. <laughs> maybe three so, on a good year. Maybe three on a good year. Yeah. I mean, the favorite right now isn't doing a whole lot in Montreal. So we'll see what goes on with that. Yeah. I mean, the, the two favorites are, were going to be Cole Caulfield and Spencer Knight, right? Like at the beginning of the season, I think that's who you and me talked about off air, Kyle, as being yeah. the most likely favorites for the Calder Trophy. And don't get me wrong, Spencer Knight looked fantastic in his one game. But he's only played yeah. one game. And well, it's very really, really good. It's very hard for a rookie goaltender to win the Vez- or win the Calder. Right. It's really so we hard. weren't sure if Bobrovsky was going to be healthy, and that's why he was going to be in the conversation, right? So I give Spencer Knight credit. He's going to get as many opportunities as he gets, and he's going to take them because he's a really good goaltender. Another yeah. goaltender that might come up in the conversation, depending on how much he plays, don't sleep on Philip Gustafson in Ottawa. Yep. Because when he plays, they usually play pretty well. I know he's only gotten to one game so far, but there's a chance that he can play a little bit more this year. So he might, might sneak out some wins and sneak out a good season, depending on how things go. Um, that'll do it for our kickoff segment sponsored by Canada Kicking Academy. If you're looking for year-round professional development with elite competition, check them out at CanadaKickingAcademy.com or visit them on Instagram at Canada Kicking Academy. Gabe and Dan will be more than happy to help you out in any kicking needs that you have. We're going to take a quick break here. When we come back, more NHL talk, a few overreactions or, you know, not overreactions, depending on what, (laughs) depending on what you guys think. Uh, But for now, we will take a break and we will be right back after this. Good day, everybody. This is Ryan from 20 Minutes on Ice. Join me and my co-host Nick McVicker for opinions and analysis on the week that was in the hockey world. New episodes available every Tuesday, wherever you download your favorite podcasts from. 20 Minutes on Ice, part of the Garage Door Sports Network. We are back. Nick McVicker, Kyle Vardy, and joined over the phone by Irfan Manji. And boys, let's get into some of the early season overreactions and we're going to start with the best one so far because it's the most fun that we're going to have talking about this team probably all season is buffalo good again <laughs> second best team in the Atlanta. <laughs> they've looked good through four games i'm not going to say they've looked great but they've looked they've looked i mean they look good up, they look good up until last night when they got beat down by boston yeah but we thought Boston was going to be a good team, so that's not a bad game to lose. But it's just it's just yeah. funny. Like, they were 3-0. <laughs> like, and playing really well. I mean, and they, they even losing 4-1 last night, they still have a plus-5 goal differential. Yeah. So. And they're not. Like, I would say in their first three games, they didn't, they didn't, like, amaze. But I think that's how they're going to play all year. It's just going to frustrate a lot of teams, which is what we For said sure. about Ottawa mm-hmm. last year. And I think I think very well Buffalo could be like the Ottawa team of last year where, you know, they surprise a few teams. They're, they're annoying to play against, but will they truly be anywhere? I don't know. I don't think so. I, think I mean, unless Craig Anderson all of a sudden becomes like, you know, a Vesna candidate. And speaking of Vesna candidates, we should have mentioned his name right now. But um, The problem is he plays on Buffalo, so none of us thought of him like that. that that's, that's the issue. But, I mean, he, he's been he's been lights out to start the season. So, um I, I can't say I thought the Buffalo and Detroit would be the two and three seed in the Atlantic division after four or five games. So 
um, I mean, all the power to them. You know, it, it works out in their favor, but I don't know. <laughs> Irfan, what do you think of Buffalo's start to the season? Um, well, considering that they beat, you know, some okay teams so far, I mean, a little bit of a surprise, but they also have a, a pretty decent schedule coming up as well. I'm taking a look at it. They played the Devils next, so uh, a good game to bounce back tonight. Um, the Lightning without Kucherov, does that make a difference? And then they'll play the Ducks and the Kings <laughs> to really see what happens there. I mean, they have a pretty good schedule going up, and then you have the Sharks, which might be a little difficult with the way the Sharks are going, and then you have the Kraken, who've been absolutely poop. So, um, yeah, I mean, they can probably be like first 10 games they can be like a, a seven one seven win team like it, it's a possibility here and that's just not something that i would have said at the start of the year at all but you know what so seven, wins, seven wins through seven 10 wins was a really good start and that's a way to build momentum right i just said it about the sharks oh for the sure sharks yeah we're going to be very good either no and now we're talking but there's about a possibility the they can win the next yeah. sorry go ahead sorry. I was going to say there's like a real, real possibility that they can win the next four to five games. Like Buffalo has a pretty decent schedule, and if they can keep that momentum going, like you're saying, like it's all about momentum uh, and staying hot. Like take away the Boston loss last night, they're still in a very good position. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that, that's a crazy yeah. thing, right? And, I mean, they haven't had yeah. the tough. And we haven't said this stuff about Buffalo for years. Right. Yeah. I mean, we had me and Ryan had them last place in the Atlantic Division, and it wasn't even close. Like it was Buffalo, I mean, 50 feet, and then Detroit. I mean, do we want to talk about the team that's actually in the last place of the Atlantic right now? <laughs> uh, we, 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 we could talk about them, yeah, if you want. No, I'm just saying those just how, how truly awful they are right now. Well, you know what? And as, soon as, as soon as Shea Weber went down, I knew they weren't going to be as good. And then you get Carey Price not to start the season. I thought this was going to be a tough one for Montreal. I have them finishing sixth in the division, and I said potentially seventh, depending on how Detroit plays, because I thought Detroit was going to take a step forward, not a big step forward, but a step forward from last season, and if Price didn't come back and Allen struggled and they couldn't get any scoring, because that's the biggest question, is who's actually going to score on this team outside of the first line? I didn't know what to expect Mm -hmm. from Montreal. I think I was right on that one. (laughs) Well, and that's the thing, is like, I expect them to be bad. Don't get me wrong, but I did not expect them to be minus fifteen goal differential bad. Um, you know, and the problem is like the, the rookie of the year favorite. I guess what you could say coming in, Cole Caulfield hasn't done a jack shit. Because he's, <clears throat> he's being hounded, and that's what teams need. And to it's do. like, oh, and that's the thing. Like, they, like Montreal has pieces to score. They have Tafoli. They have Anderson. You know, like those pieces that can actually put the puck in the net. That's fine. But I think, honestly, and it's weird to say, I think losing Kakaniemi actually just <clears throat> really hurt that team more than they actually thought. Yes, Weber, that's fine. I don't think Weber was big offensively, though. But scoring-wise and depth-wise, right. I truly think losing Kakaniemi was huge. I, so, I, I think that was a huge loss for Montreal, and they knew it, but they couldn't sign yeah. the contract. And the Weber yeah. thing for me and the price thing is because they did, I didn't know who was going to score on this team. That was my biggest issue. If those yeah. two were healthy, they limit the number of goals that they get, and they're going to win 2-1 games or one nothing games. They've given up 19 yeah. goals in five games. That's not okay. Yeah. No, right? not at all. Right, Irfan? Like, it, it's just not okay. 
No, I agree. I agree. I'm like, my biggest question now for the Habs is, are they going to do something drastic? Are they looking to fire? Uh, are they looking to fire another, another person? Sorry, guys, my name is being called. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll finish my thought and then go get my car. But um, like I'm saying, is Montreal, for example, are they going to make that quick decision? Fire a coach, fire the GM. Like, I feel like that's where they're at and they're going to make a hasty call. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I know that it's, you know, five losses so far, but I think it's, it's give them chances, see if their, their young core will step up. And if their young core doesn't step up, we're going to see some massive changes. Yeah. Uh, I don't think, see, I don't think they're going to fire the coach because they just hired him. And I don't think they're going to fire Bergevin because his contract's up at the end of the year anyway. And they already knew well, this was going to mm. be a tough season. So, actually, new news report came out last night that they're looking at to replace him right now. So um, they're, they're, cur- they're currently looking into apparently. Um, are they looking to Wah, replace him in the middle of the season or are they looking to replace him because his contract? They did not him? say specifically. They said I'm they're looking. looking to replace him. Yeah. So I'm saying so, that they're looking for replacements because he wants to walk. Apparently they also asked to talk to Pierre Maguire out of Ottawa too. That doesn't surprise me. So, um, kind of interested about that i mean the wall the wall one would be interesting because i'd be kind of see how he would i think he'd just completely blow up the team to be honest um yeah and on quite honestly i would not be surprised if you see a carry price trade in the offseason um i talked about it last season if yeah. you weren't if you weren't 100 percent sure everything was going to happen you needed to move on from them well and that's the thing i think you know you could get like, don't get me wrong. I feel for him with with everything he's going on with with you know checking himself into the 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 treatment program. Absolutely. I don't get exactly what he needed to do though. So good for him. Hundred percent. And it, but it's one of those from a Montreal's perspective. Can this team compete? I mean, they went to the Cup final last year, but you're also missing arguably your two biggest pieces from that Cup run in Weber and Price. That's the issue. Yeah. And, and I mean. Price by himself could make this team a fringe playoff team, but I don't see them going to the cup again. I think that was one of those like Cinderella stories and, and, you know, it worked out in their favor that it was, they had to play the Canadian division, didn't have to play other teams until the semifinals. And, you know, and then they kind of, kind of surprised Vegas and it just worked out in that favor. But I mean, I don't see it happening again. And truly this is one of those teams Montreal has got some pieces, I got some valuable pieces at the same point. I mean, like you could get you could get a, a haul for like a haul, not Taylor Hall, but a haul for uh both Tyler Toffoli, Josh Anderson, whoever you want, unless you want to build around those pieces. So I mean we'll, we'll see what happens with that. But to me, that's they're they're surprising but not surprising at the same point. So Yeah, I'm I am not surprised by it, and we'll get into our surprises later, but I'm just not surprised by it at all, just because of everything that's going on. Um, Kyle, let's move on to talk about the cup favorites, because at the beginning of the year, Vegas, Colorado, Tampa were your cup favorites. Yep. Right? I think that that was across the board. Those were your favorites. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they suck so far. They have a combined, a combined four wins. Across yep. twelve games, that's not good enough. No, it's now, really not. I know it's early season, 
Colorado's trying to figure out a new goaltender, dealing with some COVID issues. McKinnon missed the first couple games. Uh, Landis God got a two-game suspension. That That's one thing. Uh, Vegas now trying to figure out how to be just in front of Robin Lehner, no backup with, with uh, Marc-Andre Fleury. That's a new yeah. system. You know, that's going to take some getting used to, obviously. Tampa really has no excuse other than the fact that Kucherov went down, but they played all of last season without Kucherov. So, I mean, it doesn't really matter at that point. How big of a loss was Blake Coleman, I guess? <laughs> Johnny yeah, well, Gord? Blake Coleman, Johnny Gord, and Goudreau but all left that entire third line. And Tyler Johnson. Yeah. No, but I mean, like, if we're talking players who left, that's four of your top oh, nine. Sure. Maybe top two. Sure, yeah, but that that entire third line, which was basically their heart and soul all through last year and arguably all through the last two playoffs, that was Goudreau, Gord, and Coleman. And and those were like the three key pieces. And now, you know, Gord's in Seattle, Goudreau's out in in New York, and Coleman's finally played his first game for Calgary the other night. So, well, we knew I he mean, was going to take a couple games just to get to get over well, the injury, right? So, that's he had he had the suspension still too. So, um, but I mean, it, it, it's it's amazing how those depth pieces truly come back to haunt you at certain points. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Irfan, you want to jump in on this thought about the the three top teams actually not being cup favorites anymore? <laughs> uh Sure. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I've been quite surprised that a lot of the really good teams have been struggling. But again, it's a, I think it's an overreaction um, for now. Um, I mean, let's say we get to 15 to 20 games. I think that's when I'll be a little worried that the good teams are struggling. But I think for now it's an overreaction because I think, you know, trying it's a new year, it's a new full season. There is no um, – you only play the same teams – eight to nine times. So, I mean, I think it's just getting back to readjusting to the old schedule and the old movements. And everything like that. Fair enough. Not too worried about that just yet. I'm, I'm a little worried about Colorado because I don't think they've looked great. Well, I mean, considering Kyle gave like half the awards to Colorado, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to see a bit of a change. I, I mean, I think when Tapes comes back from injury, um, you're going to see a little bit more of McCarr. Um, I think Nathan McKinnon's going to figure it out because he's one of the best in the game. Uh, I believe it's a contract here, or it's close to a contract here. So it is, it is a contract here for McKinnon. Holy hell, this guy's going to ask for 13 mil and I give it to him. That's something. I hope not. I agree with you. So, <laughs> um, But it, it, don't worry. Like I, I think it's an overreaction. I think losing Grubauer, who was your number one goaltender, um, like bonafide goal, the number one goaltender, now you're like, okay, it's Darcy Kemper. And, don't know knock the Kemper there, but you still you still are like trying to figure him out. You're trying to see what he can do, how he can steal a game for you. So, mm-hmm. like I said, overreaction. I think the I think the Avs are going to be perfect because um, everyone else ahead of them is going to struggle. Yeah. I'm really not sold on Kemper. I know you, Kyle. You seem to be sold on Kemper. I am not sold on yeah. Kemper as a number one goalie. Um, I think he's a very good goalie, but he's not the elite or the top end goalie that Colorado needs to make a deep playoff run, in my opinion. And that's not knocking him. Well, He's a solid somebody, NHL goaltender, but just not good enough. In my well, opinion. for somebody who played for for somebody who played for Arizona the last couple of years, I mean, right. I can see why his stock is so low. But I think 
once the defense for Colorado figures out what he can save and what he's going to struggle with, can he cut on an angle, et cetera, et cetera, I think he'll be fine. The biggest question for Colorado is, it uh, doesn't matter how you get into the playoffs, is can you win a playoff series past the second yeah. round? That's it. That's so exactly Are they good enough to yeah, are they good enough to win a second round series? Yes or no, depending on where they finish. But that's when that's when you know, Nick. What we can we can get onto Kemper's back and all yeah. that. All right, let's keep it, keep it rolling. We got five undefeated teams remaining in the NHL, boys. I'm gonna read them out for you. Florida is sitting at four and zero. St. Louis and Minnesota are both at three and zero. Edmonton at five and zero, and San Jose. We already talked about them. They're sitting at four and zero. Irfan. Which undefeated team will go the farthest? Can't believe I'm going to say this. I think the Sharks are going to be <laughs> the only undefeated team for a couple more games. Um, I like what they have defensively with Burns, Vlasic, and and Carlson, and that's something that they wanted from them last season and the year before. Um, you know, Optimus Rhyme. I'm, I love the guy, so I, I hope he continues. I don't think you can uh, play well. Like and he only has... I love the guy. I hated how, you know, no offense to Leaf fans, but y'all just run people out of the building too often. Um, I really like them. Uh, so, yeah, I think out of all the teams and the division that the Sharks are in, there's a possibility that the Sharks might be the only undefeated team. For Fair enough. Kyle? Well, th- thank you, Irfan, for not taking my pick. Um, Florida Panthers. <laughs> Florida Panthers are probably one of the most un, either the most or one of the most underrated teams in the NHL. Um, Not if you listen I mean, to 20 minutes on ice. Fair. Um, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I mean, like to me, looking at the Florida's depth, looking at they have le- honestly they have legitimate two starting goaltenders who could probably start for majority of teams in the NHL. You know, unless Bobrovsky goes back to what he was a couple years ago or last year, but. Um, and their defense are severely underrated. <laughs> like they really are. And, and to me, the team that starts, they started four and oh, they quite honestly could manhandle Florida tonight. I don't have, I don't think they're going to, or sorry, no manhandle Philly tonight, not Florida. Um, manhandle Philly tonight. And, and I, I was combining Philly, Philly and flyers and ended up coming out of Florida. Um, <laughs> and honestly, I, I just, I really like that team and they, they were, they were my favorite to actually win the division personally um, because I think they have Tampa's number when it comes to the actual regular season playoffs, different story, but in the regular season, Florida has Tampa's number. So um, I was not, I was never sold on Boston or anything along those lines. So um, me neither. Just to me, I don't know if I trust Wayman and, and Allmark. I, don't, I mean, everybody's oh, – Allmark's making $5 million. Yeah, why is he making $5 million? He played for Buffalo and was okay. I agree. Like, I mean, <laughs> ultimately, I do think Rask comes back through halfway through the year, signs a one-year contract, and then we'll, we'll retire next year. That's just my personal opinion. We'll see what happens. Um, but, I mean – Florida right now is the favorite to win that division, and I don't really think it's that close. I agree. I actually had Florida before the season, too, if you watched our previews on 20 Minutes on Ice or listen to us. I I have Florida winning this division, and Ryan looked at me like I had three heads. Mm -hmm. But I just think they're a good team, and so they're my team to go the farthest as well. 
because listen to their schedule over the next little bit. They got at Philly tonight. Then they got Arizona on Monday, Boston on Wednesday, Detroit on Friday, Boston again Saturday. After that, they finally play, I think, a, a tougher team in Washington. That could be where their their undefeated streak goes. But yeah. you know what? That's nine games. You start the season 9-0, and you're putting yourself in a really, really good spot in this Atlantic division, which is going to be a tough division. I think there's yep. going to be a lot of tough games in this division, in like inside the division. So I think they're putting themselves in a really, really good spot right now to to go deep in a playoff run um, if they decide they want to. Mm-hmm. All right, I got a fun question for you guys now that I know you're not ready for, but we're going to go with it anyway. What is your favorite overreaction that you really want to be true a week and a half into the season? So one overreaction you've heard on social media or talking to people. I mean, Justin probably has a ton, Kyle. Um, one overreaction you really, really want to be true. And we'll start with you, Kyle. One overreaction. Hmm. Hmm. I'm trying to think. Um, oh, well, one, it's not really an over. I guess it is an overreaction. Um, I've seen on social media all this time. Everybody thinks that Tampa Bay is trying to pull another uh, cap crunch saver <laughs> thing by putting Kucherov yeah. back on LTIR. It's like, no, he just can't stay healthy right now. Like, sorry. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. A lot of people were pissed last year when they did it, and it worked out in their favor. But but they were also That's the team not... that wanted that rule to be changed. Yeah. So it's the league's <laughs> fault. Yeah. I don't think Tampa is dumb enough right now to do that twice and truly take the chance on that rule being changed now that they can actually use it. Yeah. They, they didn't want the they didn't run want the rule in the first place, but it worked out in their favor. So the fact that all these people are freaking out, like, oh, my God, they're doing it again. They're putting his contract in LCIR. It's like, no, he just can't stay healthy. Did you like, the game? The guy couldn't get off the ice. It's like, it's just the fact that people were reacting, actually reacting to that. I was like, I'm sorry, what? Yeah. No way. Like, so I would say that's one of my overreactions. Yeah. Irfan, do you have a good one, too? Yeah, this is at Boston Media here. They're saying that Linus Allmark's going to be good for $5 million. I think that's an overreaction. I, like Kyle said earlier, <laughs> it's not a very good signing, in my opinion. And I think Boston Media is over, over exaggerating how good he might be. I like that one a bill. lot. I do like that one. Yeah. I don't think he's going to, like, for $5 million, sure. But he also came from Buffalo. And, like, yeah, all right, he won against Buffalo last night, whatever. But. Okay. I need to see a win against Tampa because that's, that's something that even Rask had a hard time with. Yeah, that's fair. Yep. My overreaction that I really, really want to be true, Anaheim is a playoff team. Mm. I really want that to be true because mm. I just want John Gibson to get the credit that he deserves because this guy is an elite goaltender playing on a very crappy team for the last bunch of years. I think he deserves yep. a chance to play in the playoffs. But, God, I'm not sure they can hold it out. They're currently sitting in fourth five games into the season. But I don't see it lasting. No. I, I mean, it's true. It, they, they're definitely one of those up-and-coming teams. Definitely have the, the youth factor to it, for sure. But, I mean, can they maintain it? I don't know. Yeah, um, 
So I'll counter this question. The okay. one, the one that I want to not be true is Flurry's done. Yeah, I really don't. That's want the one, to be true. Either. That's the one I don't want to be true because I truly want him to succeed on another team and prove Vegas wrong. Um, but at at this point, Chicago looks terrible. Yeah. They really do. They should like, not be this bad with that roster, but they're awful. I mean. I mean, Justin and I both agree that Seth Jones was extremely overpaid. And I'm sorry. I'm, like, I'm okay with him being overpaid. Like, you can you can make that comment. I'm not going to fight it. But he's still a good defenseman. Not $8 yeah, million, sure. not $9 million, but he's a good defenseman. Where's he been this season? <laughs> it, I, that's the question, right? Coming into the year, though, yeah. I would say he's he was a good defenseman. And that, that, that defensive core got better than it was last year. So they should have been better than they were last year, which was a fringe playoff team. Yep. They are mm. not. And with, with Jonathan Taves back as well, you would expect him to be. Yeah. Beating, uh, yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Another one that I really don't want to be true, I don't like the rumors that Shea Weber might, might not ever play again because that would suck because yeah. he's a great hockey player and you love to see good hockey players play. If he does have to retire because of what he's going through, hey, I totally get it, but I really, really, really hope that that's not true. We're going to take a yeah, quick break. If he, reti- if he retires... Go ahead. Oh, sorry, Nick, but if no. he retires, does he does he um, sign a one day contract with the National Predators and retire as a Predator, or does he retire fully as a Montreal Canadiens? I think if he's retiring, he's retiring. I don't think he's going to do the one day contract thing. That's my opinion, though. Um, we are going to take a quick break, Irfan. I know you have to go, so thank you for joining us, dude. Um, me and Kyle will hold down the fort for the last segment. Um, if you are watching at home, please stay with us. We will be right back after this. Hey guys, it's producer Jake here from Betting House, the Garage Door Sports Network's ultimate degenerate gambling podcast. Catch our episodes weekly on Apple, Spotify, and Google as we bring you banter, laughter, and of course picks for all sorts of games throughout the week. Give us a follow on our socials at Betting House Pod, where you can catch all our bets each week as well as some bonus content. Remember to always gamble responsibly. Let's get rich. We're back. Kyle has moved. I probably should unmute yeah. our mics before I start talking next time. Um, I mean, I'm, so I'm still here. Hello. Hello. We'll get him back. Hold on. Hold on. Gotta love when things move, eh? It's just a pain in the butt. Of course. Um, but while we do that, Kyle, we got yes. some NBA talk to talk about, dude. And yep. a lot of it. Because we are way behind <laughs> on the NBA conversation. But let's start with the team that everyone assumed was going to be the top team in the Lakers. Everyone was talking about the yep. Lakers in the West being this, this like powerhouse team with all the players that they got. Um. Yeah, they're zero and two, and they're having fighting on the bench. Are they in trouble? I mean, I didn't think they were going to be that good, and I really was hoping they weren't going to be that good because I'm not a huge fan of like all these like super teams and stuff. But, um, I mean, in saying that, I don't think they're really in trouble. Um, 
but I think they've just got to kind of caliber team. That's the real question, I guess. For sure. And I think they just kind of have to figure out how to play with each other. And I mean, they're still working through the kinks. Like the the biggest thing is we're going to work on your wording after this. (laughs) What? Nothing. We'll talk after. Oh, like they got to just, they got to work through it. And I mean, the biggest thing is they got to figure out how LeBron and Russell can play together when they both essentially play the same type of game. So um, I'm not worried about them. I think they'll still be a playoff team. You know, will they be number one seed? Probably not, but I didn't think they were going to be anyways. I mean, Utah pretty much always has that wrapped up as the number one seed and then somehow choking the playoffs. Um, They're a regular season team and that's fine. Like, but if you yeah. want to be a championship team, you got to change how you play in the playoffs and they just can't. So Lakers, not overly worried. Fair enough. Um, the West does look good this year. There's some. There's a lot of good teams in the West. You can talk about the Jazz, as you mentioned. Golden State is back. Clay Thompson is back. They look really good so far through two games. In my opinion, at least they have no defense, but that's a whole other issue. Um, Denver, Clay obviously Thompson Murray will be back. back. What? Clay, Clay Thompson still has to be back. But. Yeah, but he's, he's coming back at least, right? Sure, yeah. Um, Denver has looked good. I mean, is Jamal Murray back yet? No, he's still no, he's not back yet. But he comes back somewhere, sometime in the season, so that will be good. Memphis looked really good in their game, uh, <laughs> right? You got a lot of good teams in the West, so the Lakers could be in trouble if they can't figure it out quickly. It's two sure. games in, I'm not going to say that they're in trouble just yet, but if they don't figure it out within the first 10, 15 games, they're in trouble. I agree, 100%. They are in trouble. Um, Which team has surprised you so far the most? Uh, And if you don't mind me talking, I'm going to go first on this one. Yeah. It's a negative one. Boston. God, Mm -hmm. they look awful. That game against the Raptors, they looked really, really bad. They looked okay in the first game against the Knicks, but they also went to double overtime against a team that everyone thought they were going to beat. Yeah. Lost. They looked really bad against the Raps last night. Um. Now, I'm not sure if that's due to the fact that the Raptors' defense just stood on their heads mm-hmm. and stopped everything from happening for the Celtics or the Celtics are that bad. But if I'm if I'm a Boston fan, like I'm concerned depending on how the next couple games go. Yeah, I, I mean I mean they definitely have the pieces for sure um to be successful. And honestly, they should have beaten Toronto last night and I think it was just an extreme letdown game. Don't get me wrong. The Raptors played a lot better than in, in that first game where they looked atrocious. They were awesome. um, But in saying that, I, I think Boston's got to work out um, some missing pieces too. I, I think, you know, you can't have Jalen Brown go off one game and Tatum be bad the next, like, or the, the same game. Like you, you, you got to have both of them working together and to truly win games, they got to get points from everybody. The problem is, you know, uh, the first game in that double overtime, Tatum was like two for fifteen when it came to three pointers. Like you can't have that. You can't. And you hit do a couple that. more of those. Like you, you, you hit a couple more of those, and all of a sudden you're beating the Knicks, and it's not even a question. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's, there, there's problems potentially in Boston. Yeah. Uh, who's your surprise team, or surprise my, period? My surprise team right now is Washington. Um, I mean. All of a sudden, Washington looks like a legitimate team that has depth, and that's I mean, they the, beat that's the, the Raptors, though. 
No, but but then they hand they handled themselves last night against the Pacers too, who's a, who's a playoff team as well. So I mean, the biggest thing for Washington is they actually have those pieces, you know, that, that basically the Lakers threw away to try and get Russ. You know, all those pieces are now in Washington. They're actually playing well. I mean, Bradley Beal is now the focal point in Washington, as he should be. Um, and, and to be honest, they, they have those other pieces that will make them a playoff team. I'm not saying they're a contender by any means, right. but they they will they will likely be a seven eight seed potentially if they truly play up to their potential. Fair enough. Um, you want it ready for a Toronto Raptor overreaction through two games? Yep. The Toronto Raptors are leading the league in a stat that we last year said that they needed to get a lot better in. Rebounding? They're leading the league in rebounding. And it's really not even close. Yeah. Especially on the offensive end. They have 40 offensive rebounds through two games. Wow. The next closest team has 25. (laughs) And if we're talking all rebounds, they're at 114 rebounds through two games. Jesus. (laughs) All right. What, like, where do you see this Raptor team going, Ty? Like, I, I've i been talking to a bunch of people. Obviously, I work at a gym, so there's a lot of basketball heads there, and it's great. It's, it's a lot of fun talking to these guys about it. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at this team as being, as needing to just accept what they are, and that's going to have to be a defensive team that frustrates teams and just hopes that their offensive players score enough points to beat to beat teams. You're not going to win games by 30 points because you just don't have that in you unless you're holding teams to 70, right? This team is not a 100-point-per-game, 110-point-per-game team. This is a 95-point-per-game team. Right. So they, if they can really just lock down defense, like they did yesterday against Boston, let's be honest, they locked down on defense. Right. I see this team winning like 42 games. I know the over-under was set at 37. Yeah. 42 games is not unrealistic if they play like they did last night. Fair. Fair. And that puts them at between, uh, if you look at the last couple of years, 42 wins would put them between 7th and 10th. So fighting for a playoff spot, but not necessarily in a playoff spot at the same time. I could see it. Right. But is is that what they need to do to become a successful team this year? I think honestly, I think that's their peak. Um, I think I think the problem is obviously you get Siakam back in, in the next coming months, um, but I think the real question is, is Siakam that piece that you're missing? I, I don't know. I mean, it depends what Siakam you're going to get. It's what it really is. Yeah. Um, and and I, I think the Raptors truly need to evaluate where they are right now. You know, are they? one of those teams that's, you know, a piece away from all of a sudden being a contender. I don't think so. I, I, I think they, I think they have good depth. I think they have good players, but I don't think they have great players by any means. And I think that's the issue. They don't have right now. I wouldn't say they have a superstar. I mean, oh, they're Scotty paying Siakam damn back. good yesterday. <laughs> Sorry. Scotty Barnes looked damn good yesterday. <laughs> oh, hundred percent. I mean, I mean, I, I wasn't a fan of the pick because I wanted Jalen Suggs, but I, I will step back on my words and, all right, Scotty Barnes looks good. No problem. <laughs> welcome welcome so, to the team, Scotty. <laughs> so it's one of those, like, this this team is in a very interesting position. Uh, position. So, like, they 
very well could make the playoffs. Will they do well in the playoffs? I think if they get there, sure, because that defense is going to shut teams down. But where is the scoring going to come from? That's the biggest thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, the big thing for me is that you look at the stats, right? And you know me. I'm a stat head, Kyle. We are up on rebounds by 16 from last season. I know it's two games, so I'm not going to get overwhelmed with that one. But we're down in blocks. We're down in assists. Our field goal percentage is down from 44.8 to 36.5, which is not realistic. It's not going to stay there, in my opinion. we got too many shooters that are good enough to raise that up. Our three-point percentage is down 12 points from 36.8 to 24.6. Yeah, like I just don't see those being realistic things to stay that way. No, I mean, I mean, I think the biggest issue for for that is truly they just played like shit in the first game. Is really what it is. They were awful, uh, and and they were like they could not shoot. They could not do anything. It was just absolutely horrible. Yeah. So. I mean, I mean, those numbers I think will, will level out accordingly and, and be more likely what they were um, last year, and I think that's truly going to happen. Um, but in saying that, I don't, I don't know. I, I think they're, I think they're really going to miss. I think they're really going to miss Kyle Lowry. I really well, do. Yeah, no, no kidding. And then that's, I know it's not really. Oh, it's not really a statement. Like I, I know it's not really a statement, but. Like they really are, and it's 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 going to be evident in the coming weeks when you know, you know, Freddie gets an injury or something like that, and all of a sudden Malachi Flynn's now the starter. Yeah. No knock on Malachi Flynn. He's a he's great. Close he's a great bench point guard. Yeah, but he's not Kyle Lowry. No. Sorry. No. Not <laughs> so not even comparable. Like, it's it's one of those like if Freddie went down, we had Lowry as a backup. Now we don't have anybody as backup. Yeah. So we'll see. No, it's, it's true. And that's that's the biggest question mark, right? Or do they go with a different lineup where they have Dragic playing point and Gary Trent playing the shooting guard role, right? And go yeah. with a bit, a bit of a bigger lineup, right? Because then you, at that point, you would have Malachi coming off the bench, which is not a bad thing for him to be doing, obviously. Mm-hmm. And you have, uh, I'm assuming, we can say Pascal's back at this point. So then you have Barnes, Pascal, and whoever you decide that you want to start at center. I'm assuming it's Boucher, but yeah. whatever. Um, it's not the worst thing in the world, but Dragic it's then potential become, team, but it's, yeah. you know, if they were to go up against, you know, as we were talking about earlier, if they were going up against the Lakers, I would not like that lineup against no, the Lakers. Not at all. Not at all. So, um, yeah, is there anything else you want to add on the Raptors, the NBA, before we uh, go to our final thoughts here, my man? Um, I'm actually very interested to see how this season shakes out. I mean, we we, we talked to, we talked before about Ben Simmons and all that oh. crap that's going on. Um, quickly, can we can we yep. quickly touch on that, Kyle? I'm talking like two minutes. Yep. How much of a baby do you need to be to? to say no to a coach on a defensive drill and get kicked out of practice and then go I mean, back and apologize to your teammates and say that you're not mentally uh, in the right headspace to, to play with the team. Shouldn't that have come first? Yeah, that's just, I've never been a fan of Ben Simmons. I've never been a fan of Ben Simmons. Good, player. And, Good defensive player, but 
I just, yeah, not not a superstar like everybody thinks there he's, no. he is. Like, I, I get it. He, he's great defensively. He's made you know NBA all all stars and all pros and all that kind of crap. I, I get it, but he's not that good. No. I mean, in the NBA, you can have your stats padded quite easily, and you can make all star teams. You can do whatever. Like, yeah. there's a lot of fringe guys that make it and probably shouldn't. Um. In saying that, like, it's just an embarrassment for Philadelphia, and I'm I I would not be surprised if they cut ties and trade him for whatever they can get at this point. No, um, not a chance. It's just, it's just like you, you can't you can't have that. You know, dare I say you can't have that cancer on your team. Yeah. Well, see, here's the thing: is that a lot of it, yes. There's a lot of it that has to be on Ben Simmons himself. He's brought mm-hmm. some of this on himself. But the Sixers organization has as well. And sure. I mean, can we talk to this talk about what the Sixers media, like the Philadelphia media has done in this whole scenario, which kind of started the whole thing after the playoffs last year, right? As the Sixers yeah. media just jumped on Ben and blamed him for everything. And I mean, partially rightly so, but the rest of the team also didn't step up either. That's why they yeah. lost in the playoffs. So, I, I mean, yes, is he to blame? A little bit, but so is everybody on the team. It's a, it's a team yeah, sport I mean, for a reason. I, I mean, I don't think there's anybody who's not to blame on that team. Right, exactly, but that's what I mean. It's a team sport for a reason. Like, it shouldn't have to come down to one player to get you a championship. It has to come down to everybody, and they just did not look good enough in the playoffs. But a lot of it falls on Ben Simmons because he doesn't have a jump shot and whatever. Like, I, I get that. That's fine. The media put a lot of pressure on Ben at the end of the season and probably messed with his mental state, period. But by the sounds of it, the organization did not help either. And we're blaming him on the inside as well. That's what a lot of the stories are coming out saying. So that's it's a little bit of everything going on and causing this saga to continue. But the problem is Philadelphia is too stubborn to move on from him unless they are getting a decent trade back and right now nobody wants him even even if somebody wants him they're not going to give anything for him right nobody wants him period and then if they do want him there's not there's no way you're going to get fair value for him no so this is going to keep going and that's what Daryl Morey said this week is that expect this expect a long haul in this one because we're not we're not budging on our what we're asking it's like okay so you're just going to have this hang over your team. And yeah, no so they haven't looked you're, great you're so far this him, year. You're either going to have him play for your team and your team not want to play for you because he's playing for your team, or you're going to trade him and you're not going to get enough value. Yeah. So it's, Simple it's as a that. mess, and it's going to continue to be a mess. Um, and the Kyrie thing on the other side, I mean – Hey, you know what? Full respect if you don't feel like you want to get the vaccine for a specific reason. I'm not going to argue with anybody about that. That's not my place. Um, but you're putting your team in a very tough situation if you don't show up. And that's that's all I'm going to say on that because it's not really my – it's not our place to, to say why someone doesn't get a vaccine, and I'm not going to argue with anybody about it. Um, yep. But he's putting his team in a very tough spot because – they needed all three of those guys to come together and mesh. And when you're expecting one guy to come and then he can't play, that really throws off the entire game plan and you have to start scratch. And they don't have that. And I mean, their big, their big three truly hasn't really played together 
because one, like one of one of them, right? Yeah, you know, one of them has been injured or not playing or something along those lines. Yeah. I mean, like even last year, like Kyrie and, and Durant were playing, but uh, Harden was out with a hamstring injury for the longest time. They right? played and then, like one or two you, games total together or something like that. As a yeah, thing. like I'm pretty sure in the playoffs they played a couple, but even then, none of them were healthy. No, like they they weren't all fully healthy. So that was the biggest issue. So I don't know. It's It'll be interesting. That one, really sure how- that one's not as big of a saga though, because they they have a solution. He's just not playing, right? Like, yeah, yep. that, that's simple enough. I don't. I'm okay with that one. I just wanted to bring it up because that's the other big story that we really haven't talked about. Mm-hmm. All right, Kyle. Final thought of the week, my man. You've already talked about Chelsea, so you can't really use that one again. Yeah, um, I mean they do look good though. I will not deny that. We um, about it. can't use it again. Sure. Um, hmm, what do I use? What do I use? What do I use? Hmm, hmm, hmm. Um, actually, you know what? Unfortunately, Uh-oh. Sheriff's miraculous run came to an end this past week, <laughs> and it's in a big way. It's it's <laughs> it's terrible. It's terrible. Um, no, honestly, I, I'm going to go back to, to Champions League, and, and and it's one of those. Things are starting to things are starting to take shape in Champions League. That was a struggle, and and you're starting to see uh, where the dominoes align and where where they kind of fall accordingly. So, um, interested to see in the next couple of match days how things truly shake out. If there's any upsets, or or if we're going to look at potentially one of those big clubs being knocked out potentially uh, of contention. Obviously, not fully out of contention. Of course getting down there and getting eventually there. Um, and honestly, when it comes to Champions League, the big thing right now is English teams. English teams are carrying the Champions League, and it's interesting to see if that continues or, or if some of these other teams uh, take a stab back at them. Yeah, fair enough. I like that one. Uh, Sheriff still sitting in a pl- uh, moving forward spot, so got to love it. Top two in their division still. Mm-hmm. Actually, they're still technically top of the division because they have the head-to-head against Real. Fair. Fair. <laughs> um, my final thought of the week is I really want the Braves to make the World Series. I really don't want a Houston-LA final. Um, good as LA is, I really want the Braves to win. I love Freddie Freeman. I mean, Canadian boy, technically, right? He's He's the dual mm-hmm. citizen, right? Yes. Yeah. Love love seeing what he's been able to do this year, especially with all the injuries that Atlanta's had, the questions about the pitching staff, the questions about really everything going throughout the season, and yet they're here one game away from the World Series. Let's go yep. Braves because I would love to see them in the World Series because I think they'd have a really good shot at beating Houston just with their lineup, um, mm-hmm. and it'll be fun to watch. I'm kind of not happy that Houston is in the final, but – all credit to them because they've been the best AL team in the playoffs. Oh, for sure. Like, it's not even close. They've been the best team in the playoffs. Um, That's it, dude. We made it through another week. Uh, thank, thankfully, Irfan got to join us as well. That was uh, that was good. Uh, keep an eye on our socials. We will uh, post the episode as well as bring you more up-to-date information as we have it. Uh, Garage Door Sport on Twitter and Garage Door Sports on Instagram. 
Um, if you want to follow us on Twitch, it's at Garage Door Sports Network. And YouTube, just search up Garage Door Sports. We're probably the only one that has it. It's very obvious. Look for the logo. Um, yep. We'll be back next week for mo- with more information, more great content for you. Until then, thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.